We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Thursday, the sixth day of October, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Emerson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? It's just the two of us. Healthy and alive? Yeah. It's uh, kind of a like odd, almost weird feeling not having other guests on I with know. us as well. I know. I was, I was actually just thinking privately to myself earlier today. I'm like, we used to complain that we didn't have enough people on, and now it's like, can we like push barely, them to, yeah. like every other week now so we can have some more time or what yeah you know yeah no it's it's good to have uh to have people on and and have them on regular so you can get different perspectives and, and you can have a bigger conversation you know have different ideas brought into it and we try to examine all sides of things so it's uh it's really a pleasure to have uh have different views on we get marty tomorrow i did speak to him on the phone today and on Monday, you will have Ned and myself. But for those who are subscribed to us on Telegram, normally you get that podcast on Saturday. This week, you will not because of uh, prior engagements that uh, both of us have. So uh, you will not get that on Saturday this week. There will be no exclusive this week. I do apologize. Yeah, we're just going to do a regular airing on Monday. So that's just a snippet of what we got coming up. But today, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, well, we got a multitude of things to talk about, but I thought we would lead off with talking about Elon Musk with his Twitter acquisition. So he's made the purchase. It's final. His people have filed through the SEC, and he bought it for $54 a share, I think. But he wants to change it. 5420. Yeah, on purpose. Yeah, that was the that was the you actually mm -hmm. explained that that was the meme thing. Uh, yeah. He said he bought or he was going to buy it at the original price. Uh, but he tweeted the following yesterday. He says buying Twitter is an accelerant to creating X, the everything app. The only thing I could equate that to was Telegram. They've got pretty much just about everything you can do. You've got live broadcasting. You've got VODs. You've got audio recordings that you can pull up on demand now. Uh, they've really centered around uh, content creators. You can post in real time. You've got channels. You've got news feeds. You can make phone calls, video calls with up to like a thousand people or something. And so, I mean, it's it's really just like it's it's the Swiss Army knife of applications. It's really a a, a one stop shop for just about everything you want. Uh, and it can be as limited or as expansive as you want it to be. If you just want it to be a simple messenger between you and a couple of people, then you can keep it that way. If you don't want it to be that way, then you can expand it and make it into make it an entire social network, whatever you want to do. So they kind of give the option for you to be able to create whatever you want. I like what they do with it. Uh, I, I think it's uh, I think the uh, the founder over there, I think it's it, it's fantastic. The one thing that they don't have that I wish they had, I wish they had a payment service uh, of some kind where you could pay other people in that currency, like you could buy their token kind of, they had their own crypto or something like that. And maybe that's something that they'll explore in the future. I don't know. But um, Signal's kind of in the process of doing something like that. Uh, and I like that. But there was also a change over there uh, this week, which we can get into that too. But anyway, uh, what do you think that Musk wants to do with uh, with Twitter? What's your what's your thoughts? So the uh, um, 
official stance, uh, according to Musk, is it's going to resemble somewhat of a, a, a good model, he says, for Twitter. Is actually, you're going to love what he used as a reference, um, WeChat. And he's talking about that uh, the features that it'll have, it'll have your, um, you know, text uh, chat like normal, but it'll also have video and pictures and live streaming and all kinds of stuff. And basically they're saying some of the other things that are going to happen with Twitter, uh, you're going to see a banning of a lot of accounts that were spam accounts. He's basically saying he's only reserving permabans uh, for spam accounts and for uh, people calling for violence, clearly calling for violence, not none of the vague stuff, you know, but clearly calling for violence. He says the, the permabans will be only for that. Um, I'm sure there's some other instances of permabans that he would do, like uh, things that are clearly illegal, like child pornography and those kind of things. I'm sure he would uh, uh, do those things as well. That's not mentioned, but that's, you know, uh, I'm sure that's on there. He also says that uh, anybody that has been wrongfully permabanned, uh, and the example given was Donald Trump uh, in this article, he plans to reinstate them. He's also said that uh, the blue check mark, so you a verified user, they're going to open that up to everyone. It's not going to be restricted to just your, um, your, like your talking heads, if you will, uh, or influencers. It's going to be to everyone. Uh, I imagine they're probably going to do something like other platforms. And if you like tie your phone number to it or something like that, then they'll verify yeah, you. Yeah. You can be verified now on uh, on things like Telegram. You can be verified there, but you have to be verified on two other platforms, as you said. But to be verified on some of those, you have to, even if you're using like a, a moniker of some kind, you have to show that it's you. So you have to show your face. You have to take a, a photo of yourself, submit it to them, along with a photo of your driver's license or ID of, of some kind, like an actual ID that proves you're you. And then they'll give you the check. Yeah, and there's some other features that uh, he's talking about doing, like um, there is going to be some kind of um, subscription service that you can subscribe to if you want it. Uh, not sure what that's going to entail, but he's also talking about uh, revenue for content creators. He's also saying like a comprehensive payment capacity. Now, I'm wondering when he says comprehensive payment capacity, I'm wondering if you mean something like PayPal, because after all, Musk was a part of PayPal. So I'm wondering if he's going to create a system like that, um, because we've uh, he has had problems with PayPal as well. He hasn't voiced them as much, but some of the stances that PayPal has been taking lately. We need a bank. Yeah, we have a we have a problem. We we need a bank because finances are going to be the next thing hit here. Yeah. And he's also talking about uh, making the interface more user friendly and blah, blah, blah. But for content creators, you're going to be able to make some revenue uh, as a content creator. So. Uh, if you're a content creator, you're making content, uh, twi uh, the Twitter's making money off of your content, you'll be making some money as well. So it'll be incentivizing more people to go there. And if they add other services like um, live streaming and those kind of things, you'll see more um, content creators transition to or add Twitter to their, you know, list of things they, they stream on or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see how this uh, it grows, changes. Yeah. Uh, and I also wonder, he had mentioned, I don't know if it was just him trolling or doing what it is he's doing, but uh, what are the odds of him bringing Jack Dorsey back? Um, hi. In fact, uh, they listed Donald Trump as being one of the ones they bring back. They'll bring back anybody that's... You mean you mean as, as CEO? Like, 
as in like, well, back in making decisions. I mean, it, it was his platform after all. And we were kind of speculating and we still speculate as to what was actually going on there because it, the guy's kind of, uh, I'm not really that big of a fan of him, but he's kind of more libertarian. And the decisions yeah. that he was making at Twitter to do the the censors and the censorship and things and and banning of people didn't coincide with the way that he's he's always been uh, on on political decisions. So we're I kind suspect and that to that I suspect the board had him by the balls and he was having uh-huh. to do what the the board said. Uh, basically, I, I kind of think that's what the issue is. Uh, to that point about whether he bring Dorsey back or not, he might have them at, ha, have him as an advisory position or something like that. But Musk has his own like vision of how to improve Twitter. Uh, that said, uh, Musk and um, Dorsey, they seem to be at least friendly to one another because they've been exchanging text messages. So whether or not it's going to be as a more, uh, uh, you know, working capacity uh, and, and in his case, I don't know. Um, it's speculated that Musk is actually going to take the CEO position, uh, to get things kicked off and running and, and, um, you know, point it in the right direction and then appoint someone else later. Um, don't know exactly what he intends, but, uh, they're expecting a lot of layoffs. They're expecting, um, which currently I believe they have about 7,500 employees or in that vicinity. Um, he's, they basically said, uh, if you're one of the woke types, you're going to get fired. So, and I've heard that they're having meltdowns uh, in Twitter now that this deal's closed, as in like the uh, the woke ones that are sitting at their desk wearing a mask. Those types, they're they're not happy. Uh, they, they need counseling, and they need it now. Yeah. They don't have time to wait. They need it now. Uh, I heard that there was a lot of hyperventilating going on in the offices yesterday. Yeah. the The thing is, is um, yeah, personally, I'm not a social media guy, though. Um, if it's true, what Musk does, uh, with Twitter, if, if the things like what we're seeing on the surface, if that pans out, I might consider Twitter just saying, I, I don't, I don't have time for social media. I, I I don't have time and I really don't have an interest like having a telegram channel. That's, that's enough for me. It's like, that's, I mean, I know that there's like four or five of us that run it, but that's like, that's enough. I don't want any more than that. I, I really don't care. I, I just I don't have time for that stuff. I have so, side projects though, so yeah, I, yeah, you guys, I, 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 yeah, that. I understand. Yeah, I understand. So that th- in that respect, I can I can see that. But uh, as far as you know, hey, how you doing? Let's uh, let's chat on social media. No, no, I'm I'm not. I, that I kind guess of person. that that that's a good that's a good distinction. Um, for business purposes, uh, I would need Twitter or you know some kind of social media. But for um, uh, just personal interactions and those kind of things. No, I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to use it for my, uh, honestly, the, the, the systems uh, that we use now, that's the most that I use. Um, so past that, it, it's just, I don't yeah. even sing, send text messages anymore on my phone. Yeah. So, <laughs> and we do like, we do, we do go on Twitter from time to time, but it's for opposition research research if you will yeah, yeah it's it's for reconnaissance missions that's all anything else on the the, the musk and, and twitter deal i guess now it's just a waiting game to see how it goes essentially it's just a waiting game at this point um i i'm looking forward to seeing how the what direction this goes the, the thing is um if this goes the way we're we're thinking it will with freedom of speech and those kind of things this is actually going to be a big hit towards the ESG towards 
the great reset types, those those that are trying to have the um, dialectic, you know, to, to have tribalism, that's going to be a blow to them because now you're going to have more people show up on Twitter that are going to have dissenting ideas and it's going to kind of tame uh, some of the societies. It's going to take a while, mind you, because it, it's going to be pretty hostile in the beginning, uh, but it, it'll start taming and... I think this would be beneficial to society as a whole. You know, you, you brought up the ESGs there, and I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, and I agree with you. I think that's going to take a serious hit because they kind of need Twitter. They, they kind of need that platform. It needs to stay woke in order for the uh, the agenda to be broadcast around the world and amplified by the rest of the, the loonies. You know, uh, there's an anti-ESG movement that is gaining momentum. Would you have guessed that? Would you have guessed that? I I never would have guessed that. Gee, I, I wonder why. Huh. Yeah. Um. I couldn't think of why. I mean, it couldn't be, you know, maybe the energy crisis is happening in Europe or maybe the fuel prices here and the uh, people, uh, if you're a business, for example, not being able to get a loan, if you're uh, supportive of, of the petrochemical industry or you happen to be one that's um, considered uh, an, uh, not a, a dirty business. Um, uh-huh. You know, that used to, dirty business used to mean something differently. That used to it mean did. like you're nefarious. in the criminal world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nefarious. Yeah. Now it's, uh, you're, you're just producing a product that people need and you, you, you happen to, to, to be, use petrochemicals. Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock. Are you familiar with BlackRock? Have you heard of BlackRock? <laughs> I've heard the name every once in a while. Yeah. You know, the company that owns 10 trillion in assets worldwide. Yeah, that guy. Uh, the guy that is literally directed on stage by Carista Freeland at the World Economic Forum while she's leading the meeting, telling him how things are going to be in, in the meeting, that, that thing. Yeah, who's really running things there? Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, says that, well, ESGs are facing um, growing resistance. Huh. I, I wonder why. Why is that, Larry? Tell us. And yeah. he says, yeah, he says, last month, he spoke about his company's role in the green energy transition at a Clinton Global Initiative event. Well, that's it. there. You, you see, it was it was spoken at that event, so you know it's legitimate. It, of course, it, Bill Clinton, you know, garnered him a lot of favor right there. Yeah, he was very happy to have Larry Fink from BlackRock speak there. Fink stated the following, and I'm quoting: "The tectonic shift is happening. We're seeing evidence every day that climate risk." is investment risk. And people are waking up to that. You mean the fact that people are waking up to the fact that it's a fraud, that you've lied about it for 30 years, actually longer than that, but just within our lifetimes, you've lied about it. And the uh, the jig here is almost up, if you will. And, like they, they don't if they don't have the climate crisis, they don't have anywhere else to run to. If they don't have the green energy transition, they're finished. They are finished. There's nothing else because they can't now double back on themselves and go back to petrochemicals, which they're trying to do to try and save face. And they say, well, we're going back to um, to natural gas and and uh, and coal because that's green. Uh, no, it, it, it isn't. That ship's already set sail. You've already said that that is like the most polluting, toxic, whatever. And now you're going back. Say, no, all that's going to do is allow you to buy yourself time to work your way up to the next crisis. And as we said yesterday, or, or as uh, what's his name? Alan Watt said yesterday, and you brought it up that they're at a, um, a series of crises over and over and over again. So it's allowing them to um, 
kick the can down the road just a little bit further. Oh, we, we need to get that. Uh, we need to get that green energy going. We got to get that sustainable energy going. And we're talking about having roaming blackouts all across the Western world this winter. There was a story out of uh, I want to say it was the uh, the London Independent. I could be wrong. Don't don't quote me on that. I could be wrong because I've, I've seen like 15 papers today. But the London Independent or, or one of those other organizations said that the UK doesn't know what to do because they're facing mounting problems due to possible blackouts across the entire nation within a matter of months. And, and we're, I, we're talking I, about a green they, energy. They, where's the green energy? Where, where's where's the green energy? Like it's like Mayor Pete, you know, pothole Pete, the uh, uh, the green energies are whatever the hell, he, whatever he, transportation secretary, whatever. He's also a mm-hmm, young global mm-hmm. leader for Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum. He said, well, um, we want people to feel the pain of the transition. And when people feel the pain of the transition, we're almost certain that that will force the change that will force the innovation. What are your estimates? How long is that? Is that uh, three months? Is that three years? Is that three decades? What What is that? How, how long do people have to feel the pain before you force the agenda through to something that doesn't work? How, how long does that last? They, they never tell you that, do they? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Go ahead. I, I was just going to interject and say that uh, that that article you were talking about, did they ever mention any of the policy changes or any of that about energy, you know, the nuclear power plants they've shut down or natural gas or coal? Oh, no, they, they failed to mention that, that they caused the problem of the energy crisis. They're the ones... I hope people remember this. I, I sincerely hope people remember this and put the dots together that, well, first of all, on the world stage, they should be looking at America negatively uh, and specifically our government, because the entire COVID-19 pandemic was created by the United States uh, because as, as to our shame, we funded the research, the, the gain of function research that China used to create COVID-19. And then uh, we helped spread the disinformation about the vaccine and either maimed or killed millions uh, around the world. I hope people remembers that not only that happened, but the elite, those same people that were pushing the vaccine and pushing the, I don't mean just in the U.S., because then when they started spreading the misinformation about the vaccines and uh, started uh, started hiding um, medical treatments that worked and would have saved lives, uh, your own governments were doing that as well. So I hope people remember that, that your government um, is in on this as well. They're They're killing off people with a disease, and now they're going to be killing off people in the winter uh, with lack of energy, so they can't heat their homes. And food. And food. You you talked about uh, Dr. Fauci securing another uh, grant to EcoHealth Alliance, which was the organization that they funneled money through to send to the Wuhan lab for that research. Did you say that they're back in the uh, the papers again? And Fauci's actually defending that grant that he gave to to Dazic and EcoHealth. Yeah, they're... um... After all the issues, yeah, after all the issues we've seen here as of late with um, gain of function research in the Wuhan lab and how there was a lab leak or a release of a a bioweapon that we funded through the NIAID and the DOD. And um, yeah, they just sent another like three million to EcoHealth. The first part of the grant, I think, was 600,000, 650,000, somewhere in there. And then over the next two years, I think it was, they're going to get uh, uh, 3.3 million altogether, I believe, in that range. 
that had to be approved by Dr. Fauci. You know, the, the guy that says he's going to retire at the end of the year. He had to sign the off on that. I would say the president would know, too, but I don't think he knows what he had for breakfast. So No, and he's currently in Florida right now. He's finally made it to Florida. He went to Puerto Rico first, uh, but he's he's currently in Florida speaking about how the uh, the science is settled and there is climate change. You know, we had this hurricane settles it. Uh, do you want to move to some Biden audio from yesterday? Yeah, sorry. I Funny bit real quick, because this was this was going through my feed. Uh-huh. Uh, this is actually this actually happened yesterday or so. There was some dude that ran on the it was a uh, football game was going on. Right. And you know how we're kind of negative on football. But um, there was a protester that ran on the field uh, with a smoke bomb in hand. And uh, one of the uh, I think it was uh, L.A. Rams, I think, linebacker. He uh, tackled the guy. <laughs> it was just it's just funny. Anyway. Interesting. That's OK. It, it, it was just fun watching a, uh, I think it was an environmentalist or something like that. No, no, animal rights activist, that's what it was. And he, he got tackled and that was fun. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, Biden clips. So Joe Biden goes to, um, he goes to Puerto Rico first. Now, I, I understand that's one of our territories. I, I got it. But he goes to Puerto Rico first before he goes to Florida. That, that's kind of like, don't, don't you think that Florida takes precedent? Oh, was it the fact that DeSantis didn't take the federal money? Was that it? Was it the fact that they are they were able to outraise what the federal government gave to Puerto Rico from just crowdsourcing in Florida in 24 hours? Was that it? Oh, by the way, I spoke to GP today. Total loss. Poor guy. He, he's down in, in southwest Florida, right where the storm hit. And he said that they had a... Um, it was over a 10-foot storm surge just where he was at. He said the surge was just... It was awful. And the... The bit that got into the surge that got into to his place, into his residence, was about three, three and a half, uh, almost four feet. But the winds took the uh, the roof off of his uh, of his house. Total loss. Um, so he, he's pretty much lost everything. He's OK. He's he's not injured or anything like that. And, and everything's fine. Uh, however, they did lose. And I, I had to do a double take. They did lose 76 people in his area, as in they were killed during the uh, the events of the storm. It was pretty bad. Uh, as far as I know, they have some utilities uh, that are back online. The phones are still down. Uh, he and I were talking through uh, satellite today, and that's how I was able to talk to him. So um, yeah, uh, that's, that's what's going on there. Uh, but we're hoping to have him on real soon. Uh, he's going to join us via, uh, via phone. Uh, whenever the phone lines get back up down there, uh, I told him to, you know, he, poor guy, he hasn't slept in four days. Uh, he's working. Uh, he's really stepped up too. He's, he's been pretty much taken, he's taken on the leadership role in his community and he's coordinating and organizing everything and, and directing people. And since he's got his truck now, he's running supply drops. He's, he's actually coordinating with the disaster relief people and he's actually coordinating airdrops uh, because they're out on an island. They've, they've got no way on or off. So they're getting airdrops uh, and he's, uh, he's been, he's really stepped up in, into a leadership role. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm really proud of him for doing that. But he's been interviewed by the, <laughs> I think he's lapping up the, uh, the media time too. He's been interviewed by all the local media down there. NBC, ABC uh, affiliates are, are down there. Fox News affiliates are down there. The New York Times did a piece on him the other day. So he's, uh, <laughs> he's, He's been quite the li in the limelight there, but uh, he's he has the poor guy hasn't slept in like four days, uh, and he's he's just really uh, he's out of it. So uh, I told him I I gave him a couple of days, and he's still like running ragged. So um, yeah, and today was the day that I found out that uh, 
it was a total loss for him. They lost everything. Yeah. Uh, but we're hoping to have him on sometime in the, the very near future because he did say that he wants to come on. He wants to spend some time. He wants to talk to uh, to all the listeners about what's actually going on down there. That's what's going on there. But anyway, Biden goes to Puerto Rico instead of Florida. And he goes down there because, well, they've had a they've had a rough time. And I'm not saying that they haven't. I'm not saying that they haven't. But what was the other one that was down there was a few years ago. The That was the other category four or five that was... Um, uh, that was due to hit Florida that they made everybody leave their houses for then. And I think one roof got blown off. Uh, Irma? Was it, was it Irma? Was that the right one? That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah Irma. It was it, it, the, the last one was a, a female name. I'm assuming I'm just going to go with that. If that's wrong, then you know, we'll make the correction. But uh, we're going to go with that. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. Irma was the one uh, from 2017. Yeah, that's the one. Category five to strike the, uh, to strike the Leeward Islands. Yeah, that was record. it. So the disaster with Irma, the Puerto Ricans, they couldn't even get the the disaster relief. I don't even think they've recovered fully from that one. I mean, we sent down all kinds of disaster relief. And do you remember it was nothing but uh, it was just a I can't say the word, but it was a um, it was a cluster. Right. I'll just put it that way. Uh, I believe that it was intentionally fouled up by FEMA and the Department of Homeland Security because they wanted to make the Trump administration look bad, like incompetent buffoons. And so they left, uh, what was it? I want to say like uh, 180 tons of relief just rotting in a warehouse. I I remember that. Uh, So it was just, yeah, anyway, but that's what they do. But anyway, Biden goes to Puerto Rico. Again, I'm getting away from the uh, the main topic. Bruce, did you know that he's very familiar with um, the Puerto Rican community? Did, did you know that? He's he's very close to them. Uh, and there's a reason that he's very close to them. It's because, well, you see, he was sort of raised in the Puerto Rican community at home, politically, politically. How's this for virtue signaling? Listen to this. And so I, uh, I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home, politically. And so we, and we came here for a long time, uh, both for business and pleasure, since you're part of the Third Circuit Court. You see... He was he was sort of raised in the Puerto Rican community politically. Uh huh. In Delaware, at the in Delaware, um, historically black university or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. So has any of the media called out called him out on his blatant lies? I don't think so. No, I, I don't think I've I, I've heard a single thing coming from the media about that or anything else that he said. I, I don't think they've been even covering any of the gaffes. Anytime somebody in the media, you remember Jake Tapper, actually, he asked Jill Biden about that. He says, um, now there's been some gaffes. And she says, oh, no, don't even go there. Don't even go there. He says, I'm yep. not allowed to ask a question. Nope, you can't. No, don't even go there. Yep. Yeah. And that's um, honestly, this isn't the thing is about this one is it's not a gaffe. A, a, a gaffe would be like a misspeaking or remembering a, a statistics, you know, you're, you're slightly off on it, made a, you know, a slight error or something like that. This is blatant lying. This is this is full on creating a story, fabricating a lie, uh, completely false information. It's not like he just misspoke. Well, since he's spent so much time in Puerto Rico, and he, of course, he knows the Puerto Rican community uh, politically, it's because he was kind of sort of raised in it. He spent his time down there, and then he goes to Florida. So he finally showed up in Florida today, and you see uh, standing right there behind him, Bruce, at the uh, uh, the lectern there. That's um, that's Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, and this is what he had to say about the uh, the hurricane that just hit Florida. Colorado River looks more like a stream. There's a lot going on. And I think the one thing this has finally ended is a discussion about whether or not there's climate change. We should do something about it. 
But, folks, I also want to uh, – Jill and I have had you all in our prayers. And I mean- so you see now the discussion – like this has ended the discussion. So this is this is it. Why are you laughing? I love DeSantis's disdain that he's showing <laughs> he's, on his face there. As soon as he said that, it's, <laughs> it's like the face that he made was – Oh, come on. He, he like, it's like he bit into a lemon or something like that. That That's the kind of the face he was making. Like, really? You're going down the road of climate change. We have a literal crisis on hand right now. You, What kind of aid? What are you doing here and now? How are you helping the people? That's what you should be focusing on. And DeSantis has actually uh, grilled some reporters here recently that tried to, to pull the kind of the same thing. Like uh, they were saying... Uh, do you do you think uh, you you were at fault or anything for uh, not giving out the evacuation order soon enough? And he cut him off right before they even finished the sentence on that. And he's like, "Don't even come at. We're in the middle of a crisis right now. We were watching all the the data that was coming in. They weren't. They were saying initially it wasn't going to hit the West Coast, so on and so forth. It was going to go." Uh, further west, and then it ended up turning and going more east, and all this. And he said the data was showing that it was going to hit. We 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 told people to evacuate, and he goes. And then after we gave the evacuation order, you guys were lying and saying it was going to hit Tampa. So there was some people that could have evacuated that didn't evacuate because of your narrative. So it's it's interesting that they kind of left that part out of the whole. Yeah. Mm. Now, you see, Bruce, what the problem is, is you see that Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, he's recognized that there is this thing called global warming. The world's changing. You see, it's it's just it's changing. Mm. So you see, he's mm-hmm. recognized that he sees it now. Right. It's happening in his state. He sees it. Mm. Uh, you know, first of all, the biggest thing the governor's done and some of the others have done, they've recognized this thing called global warming. The world is changing. It's changing. And we have to change the way with the zoning codes, for example. So you see, we have to change all the zoning codes because you see uh, global warming and it, the world is, you see, it's changing. So we got to change all the zoning codes. And Governor yeah, DeSantis, that's he, how we, he, reco- he recognizes this. Yeah, because that's how we, that's how we uh, fix climate change, right? That's that's how we solve the problem of climate change. It's just because of zoning. You know, if we would have done better at zoning, we wouldn't have had climate change. Yeah. More, more government regulation, more government fascism. Uh, that's that's how we solve climate change. Mm-hmm. Yes, we just need more more zoning. We we need we need tighter zoning codes. That's what we have to do. The reason that this happened is because you didn't have a smart meter. You, you didn't have your carbon footprint and your carbon output <laughs> being monitored. I'm trying to play devil's advocate. You're giving me the DeSantis face now. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no like. <laughs> There's nowhere to go with the climate change narrative to, to say, well, see, this is the problem. Um, no, actually, uh, the, the thing is, we have global warming. True. But when you look at uh, the, the carbon data, like they're saying, oh, it's because of too much uh, emissions, carbon uh, or methane, whatever. Uh, when you look at the data, carbon, the increases in that does not happen uh, before the temperature rise. They happen after and we've talked about it before. Uh, when the when when we have warming, the the oceans heat up a bit, right? They they gain a little bit of temperature. When that happens, they release CO two into the atmosphere. Now, conversely, when that happens, you have plants growing more often. You have 
uh, an acceleration of of heating. An acceleration of heating means more evaporation, which means more uh, precipitation, which means more areas are habitable. And they're telling us that this is a bad thing. Well, yes, of course, it's a bad thing. We can't have more carbon output. They're just they're hammering this stuff now. It is nothing but a hammering of climate change, climate change, climate change, climate change. And you heard what CNN was going to do after COVID was over. It was going to be nonstop climate change. Oddly enough, is COVID over? Is it over? Because the United States is the only country outside of China at the moment. I I could be mistaken. It's the only country outside of China that is still requiring vaccinations for entry. Why is that? If the pandemic's over, which he clearly said on 60 Minutes, I mean, that's if he even knew where he was, which I don't believe he did. Why are we still requiring people to be vaccinated to enter the continental United States? Why is that a thing? Hell, even even Canada with with uh, the spawn of Castro up there, they've dropped all that stuff. And the U.S. we're still running it. Did you see the uh, Did you see what they're doing as far as the zero COVID policy in China? Have you seen that? There's video of that floating around out there, Bruce. I showed it to you in prep uh, yesterday. I didn't I didn't show it to you today. One case, one case at a Chinese airport. And well, you see, they're they're not locking down the airport with just uh, nice people in in PPE any longer. Now it's nice people with PPE and fully automatic machine guns that are keeping you locked down. Is that where we want to go? Is that how we want to play this? Because, I mean, if what Dr. Mike Yaden said, and I agree with his timeline, he says we're about one to two years away from the government starting to shoot their own citizens because they're about to lose control. This digital currency that we talked about yesterday, you're going to criminalize. But for, forget the, the cash thing, okay? I'm talking about hard assets here. Things that have been considered money between people for over five millennia, 5,000 years. People have been using hard assets, gold and silver, namely those, to trade with. You're now going to all of a sudden outlaw that? You can go pound sand. That's what I say. That's where you want to take it? Fine. I'm game. I'm game. But you're not going to tell me what I can and cannot do in a parallel economy that rivals your own piece of garbage. You're going to tell me that I have to accept a digital economy that, by the way, is probably not even going to work because you don't have a power grid to support it. You're going to tell me I have to accept that and I have to eat Bill Gates meat, which, by the way, has poisoned all the test subjects because the main ingredient that they're using in it is poison. It's toxic. That's like the key ingredient they need for that lab grown meat to work. If you don't have that particular uh, whatever it was like that hemoglobin or something, it doesn't work with that soy protein or whatever in the hell it is, whatever GMO piece of garbage he's got for you to eat. All the test subjects are now ill with toxicity from whatever it is that they're that they're feeding this lab grown meat. So I have to have that. I have to eat insects. I'm not going to be able to buy any cheese, butter or milk or anything like that unless it comes from an insect protein. I have to buy that from Robert Downey Jr. because he's buddy buddy with Klaus Schwab and they're bankrupting everybody else. So it forces you to go to that startup piece of trash. So I have to I have to go there. I have to buy that. Is that an economy that I'm going to be forced to do business in? I'm not interested. I'm sorry, I'm not interested. You're going to see the black market because that's what it'll become. It's actually the legitimate market is what it is. That's the legitimate free market. But they're going to call it the black market because it's outside of their control. They will criminalize people actually doing barter and trade in real business. 
I'm not talking about running drugs. I'm not talking about running weapons or anything like that. That is criminal behavior. I'm talking about doing actual business between you and somebody else where you're trading for an actual item of need for survival. That's what I'm talking about. That will become the black market. That will become criminal under this new system. And I'm going to be called a, a criminal because I've got, I don't know, a half an ounce of gold and I want to trade it for, oh, I don't know, um, two years worth of coffee. I, I, I'm a criminal for that. You go to hell. You go straight to the bottom pits of hell. We will go there. We will fight it out and we will see who wins. Bruce, go ahead. You can respond to that. Uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking of the uh, synthetic food thing again. And I'm, I'm remembering that uh, I have tried some of the synthetic meat, not not synthetic meat, but some of it, the impossible burger. I would call that in synthetic meat, honestly. And I've had I, I know of other people that have tried it as well. Uh, it has it does not agree with me. I, it's not a food that I can eat. And the, the people that I know that have tried it have also had problems with it. And um, uh, one of which had like heart palpitations uh, caused by it. So it, it's definitely not an alternative meat. Uh, as they're trying to say. So, uh, no, I'll pass. Yeah, no, thanks. Anyway, uh, that was a long rant. I do apologize. Well, not really. I don't apologize. <laughs> I don't apologize for what I said. I have a, a clip here of a pastor. Since we were talking about the Biden administration, I have, a, I have a clip here of a pastor who is just laying into the Biden administration. Bruce, would you like to hear it since you're the house theologian? Yeah, let's hear it. Our nation is, is gone mad. Yeah. I hope y'all like y'all's president. <laughs> Because in a year's time, he screwed the whole nation up. I, ain't, you ain't got it. I told you, I don't care how many blind eyes open if I say something like that. When my blind eye, I'm out of here. He must be a Republican. It only took that man one year to screw the whole country up. A year. Don't be, don't be looking at me like... No, no, our nation's gone backwards. A year ago, you would pay him $2 a gallon for gas. Yeah, let's take it where you can relate. And you're paying almost $4 now because of his decisions. Yeah, it's his decisions. Two million people have crossed our borders uh, from Mexico. Now he getting political. No, kingdom. And kingdom. Screw it up. You got, and these people coming in, don't get, they don't get COVID tests. <laughs> and they aren't forced to get vaccinated. And they put on airplanes. Read your paper. Yeah. Now they ain't going to put this in, in your paper. <laughs> they don't report this. But they are flying people who cross the border illegally. Your government is flying them to cities across the United States and putting them up in hotels and paying for them with your money. <laughs> Come on. Only took a year to screw the country up. Just took a year. I don't exactly see that one making the CNN headlines today to you. No, no, that's not going to be talked about. And the thing is, is it, it, we, we have to have, you know, make changes and whatnot for the future, right? Because of, uh, you know, global warming or uh, whatever they say. Yeah, we got um, to change the zoning codes now. Yeah, let's change the zoning codes. Get rid of uh, petrochemicals, whatever. Um, well, we got to look in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that chick. More or less, I, I he's not wrong. More or less. I mean, no. 
He isn't. I mean, I know that we uh, we kind of jump on the uh, you know the uh, uh, the Christian community here quite a bit because, and it's not because of uh, it's not because of faith. It's because of inaction. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. It's like what what are we doing here? Like historically, Christians, we used to like the the tolerance for where we are now. This would have been non-existent just fifty years ago. We're not extremists. We're doing what was normal fifty years ago. That's it. Like this was normal thinking to an extent. I mean, right? maybe, maybe a little bit further than that. But I, okay, well, all right. Well, fine. I was gonna. I, I I'll interject and say um, I'm fine being called an extremist. If you want to call me an extremist because I think liberties are more important than security, then yeah, yeah okay, I'm a supremist. Yeah, sure. You're right. You're a supremist or an extremist? <laughs> extremist, excuse me. Yes. <laughs> we don't want to go down that road. I, I was thinking, but, I was thinking white supremacist and all that. Yeah, other yeah, yeah. Nonsense. That, well, that's what, they, yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what they call yeah. it. Yeah, that's what they call everybody. But uh, no, I, I think it, this guy. I think he's being polite. To be fair, I, this pastor. I think he's being polite. I think that uh, he's not wrong. Don't don't misunderstand me. But I, I think he's being too polite. And more than that, I would be happy if we could get. I don't know. Maybe just. Twenty uh, percent of the churches across the country talking like that. Maybe if if we could get that, maybe that like that's just a start. That that's a start. I, I wouldn't consider that to be a uh, a victory, but I'd say that's a pretty good place to start. I mean, it would be a start. Uh, honestly, if Christians would have been standing on their principles from the very beginning and and didn't waver and would have. It, here's the thing: when you look at the left and right, here's here here's the problem I have. You look at the right, and Christians are bad about this too. They're pretty tolerant. You'll see a, a, a bill or something post uh, um, um, proposed, and uh, it'll have some stuff in there. Like, uh, for example, let's look at the budget bill that they just, uh, or you know, the, the budget resolution, whatever the hell it was that just passed, and how uh, there's like 50 different components of it. Republicans didn't resist one of the things that passed in there. They didn't resist one. And it was 50 different things listed there that you could easily, as a Republican, stand up against and and get taken out. They didn't stand against one. Now, let's reverse it and let's look at Democrats. If Republicans proposed the same bill that had one bit of pork in there for their agenda, for the Republican agenda, you know damn well Democrats would fight tooth and nail to get that removed. Where is the fight in in the right leaning, the conservative leaning? They're too tolerant is what it's boiling down to. Is there they're allowing and mind you, when I say the enemy, I'm not meaning the enemy as in Democrats. I'm meaning the enemy as in Satan. You know, the the dude that you're supposed to be resisting. You're allowing him to have too much ground in in your country, in your church, in your local area. You're not standing against uh evil. You're just not. I mean, I, I, I go back to the whole abortion thing. It took us over 50 years to go against that. Now, I'm not grilling everybody on this one because, you know, there there have been groups and everything that have been, uh, case in point, the, uh, the, the, the Catholic gentleman that has seven kids. Um, he was just, his door was kicked in by the FBI and he was arrested because um, a dude assaulted his kid while they were at a Planned Parenthood. And the local uh, the local court threw the case out in favor of the Catholic gentleman. So there are groups and organizations that are that are fighting. And I, it, I'm just frustrated with this. We're in the state we're in because Christians, you've done nothing. Or the, the bits that you have done, you fought 
a little bit and you're like, yeah, I did something. And then you sat back down and, and got comfortable back in your pew at your favorite church that's tickling your ears. In fact, we've actually like we've gone so far into this. And I, I know you're talking about like the, um, you know, the, the Christian thing and the uh, and the abortion uh, deal. And we've gone so far into this that we've actually allowed the radical, I, I don't know, Satanist to, to actually get the upper hand on this because of the ruling. And I, I brought this up to you the other day because of the ruling on uh, the, from the Supreme Court on abortion. This has actually pushed this argument back to the states where it should have been in the first place, to be honest. Um, it's actually pushed it back to the states. And in doing so, you now have a satanic temple. Th did you hear what I just said? You have a satanic temple who has filed a, uh, a complaint. So they're suing the state of Indiana and the state of Idaho in federal court over abortion bans in the states, saying that they violate the religious rights of people in those states. We've actually allowed a satanic temple. This is the first time that we've seen an example of this. I mean, look, we all knew it was about like child sacrifice and all that stuff and, and devil worship and all that stuff. We all knew that's what it was in our minds. We knew that's what it was about, but they never they've never actually said it. They've never actually come out and and been, I guess, public about it. But here they are. This is it. This is the first iteration we've actually seen where they've said, yep, that's what it's about. And we have allowed, again, through inaction, we have allowed this to manifest itself. Anyhow, uh, you got anything to say on that before we, uh, we're going to close up here a few minutes early, but I have a, a funny thing I want to get to to end on because we, we haven't ended on a funny note in quite some time. Honestly, uh, at this point, they're, they're advocating for child sacrifice, this Satanist group. That's basically what it is. And we've been committing child sacrifices for, as I've said, 50 years now. And it's only just now that we were able to overthrow that. It's just evil. Uh, that, that, that's all there is to it. It's just evil. I don't have another word for it. I, I really don't. All right, let's, um, believe me, that's not the end of that conversation. That's going to continue on for a very long time to come. Let's end on a funny note, shall we? Howard Stern. You're familiar with Howard Stern? Yes, the uh, the shock jock, sure. you know, the guy that's been around yeah, for quite yeah. some time. He's been very, very outspoken about people that refuse to get jabbed for COVID. He's been very outspoken about that. Um, and you you notice that his um, position, if you will, or, or his proclamation as the king of all media, I mean, that's what he was. You know, I, I've listened to Stern for years. I used to listen to him back in the 80s when he was on DC 101. I, I used to listen to him on... on um, uh, on a station when I would uh, vacation near that place where you could get the uh, the radio station. Yeah, this is before he went big uh, and everything, but um, that's before he went to you know New York and and he got all the big deals and things and went nationwide. But um, he's been around for a long time, and his uh, I guess career w was threatened. Do you remember when the woke mob started going for everybody and they yep. tried to go for him? They they tried to go for him. Yep. They tried to get him, and he stood his ground. He he weathered the uh, the the waves of that storm. He actually went on the View. And confessed for his past sins and and all the rest of it. Uh, that's what he did. So he he went on there and played nice and and kowtowed and and that's what he did to save his own career in his own way. I mean, if that's what he wanted to do, I'm not faulting the guy for it. I, <laughs> I would have walked because the guy's literally made hundreds of millions of dollars uh, time and time again over over and over again. So why not just enjoy the rest of your years, right? Go go off and and do a podcast somewhere. 
right? Because th- like that's that's what everybody does that leaves the uh, the industry. They leave all the contracts. They go off and they do a podcast somewhere, and they make all kinds of money, and they can work on their own schedule and do whatever it is they're going to do. But maybe or just double down or, or double down. Yeah, if I would have been stern, that's probably what I would have done. But um, nonetheless, Stern is a bit of a germaphobe, but I didn't know that. I I legitimately didn't know that he's a bit of a germaphobe. You see, he hasn't been out of his house. In almost three years, <laughs> he, he apparently has been doing his radio show from his own home studio. And, you know, I'm, I'm not complaining because, uh, you know, I'm not knocking the guy because he's got a home studio. What do you think we're in? So I'm not knocking him for that. And a lot of these radio guys, they'll have studios in their home. Hell, Rush Limbaugh, I think, did his show from his home for, what, like 10, 15 years? That's what a lot of these guys do. But he hasn't left his house at all, I don't think, in almost three years. He just went out. This past weekend, his first time out in almost three years. Bruce, why are you nodding your head? He didn't want to get COVID. That's why he didn't go out. He still doesn't want to get COVID. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't even know how he did. How, to, how, how do you even do? I guess when you have that much money, it doesn't matter. You can just have, send someone out to get groceries for yeah. you and whatnot. He's, oh, but he's got like, assistance and all kinds of. Yeah, yeah, sure. Admins and everything else. I, I get it. I, I just can't fathom. Like, I understand when like you're, you're busy and like. Uh, for example, you work from home or something and you're working like the equivalent of two jobs. I get it. I understand why, you know, you, you don't go out much, but not to go out at all during that time because of fear. That's one of the things that we've kind of talked about for you to live your life and enjoy it, for you to get out there and enjoy life. You have to conquer the fear of death. You have to no longer be afraid of that. That, That's kind of one of the things you have to do to really enjoy life. And until then, you don't really enjoy life. And that's basically what he's been afraid of. On Friday, Howard Stern was spotted dining at a Brooklyn restaurant alongside other stars. Listen to this all-star lineup that was at this. um, Oh, of course, I don't know who some of these people are. But anyway, he was out at Laser Wolf. And it was the first time that uh, he's been seen in almost three years. And the first time he's gone out in almost three years. Uh, He's fully vaccinated, by the way. Uh, He left the confines of his home in two years. And he's dealing with a crippling fear of contracting COVID. Stern was joined by the following people at the night out. Jennifer Aniston, Jason Bateman, John Hamm, Justin Thoreau, and a longtime friend, Jimmy Kimmel, who organized the dinner. Page six was informed by someone who was also dining at Laser Wolf at the time that Stern was not wearing a mask and made a point of telling staff that it was his first night out since the beginning of the pandemic. He's been recording from his home since 2020. When he was asked... Stern said the following, I'm quoting, I really had an exhausting weekend emotionally and physically. For the first time in two years, I ventured out of the house. He described his experience as exhausting, saying it was too much and it was it was just too much. Again, I'm quoting Stern. He says, I said to my wife, I don't want to go. I'm in a panic. I don't want to get COVID. I know our president has told us the pandemic is over and everyone's walking around without masks, but I still just don't want to get COVID. Even Kimmel, even Kimmel told him, you know, as, as bad as that guy is, even Kimmel told him that his behavior was unhealthy. If he continued to stay isolated and, and things like that, then it, the longer he did that, it would be more and more difficult for him to get back out and, and have some kind of a, uh, you know, public life or social life uh, or anything like that. Like, what what do you do? What, what, what do you do with that? I mean, here's here's a guy who's nationally known, hell, internationally known for that matter. And he's, I mean, he's not afraid to admit it. I'll, I'll give him that. He, he's not afraid to admit it. He, he blatantly told the papers, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I'm terrified. I don't want to get COVID. Um, 
I don't even know what to say to that because Kemmel is one that's kowtowed to the left and basically yeah. it lost his career more or less. I mean, he's not relevant, really. No, the, he apologized. The humor that he has he, and everything is just horrible. It's not yeah. good anymore. He bent the knee. I, I remember when he did that. You know, part of me is part of me feels sorry for him. Uh, Howard Stern. Uh, I, I, part of me feels sorry for him. But then at the same time, I'm kind of like, you're an asshole, so I don't really care. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's karma. You know what I mean? Like he was the kind of positions he's taken over the years and the rhetoric he's talked about and and pushed for and the kind of stuff he's done on his show. And like, it's degeneracy. It, yeah. it, it's not like, uh, no, no. Um, I, I'm sorry. You And the other thing, he was pushing people to get the jab. He was pushing people to do. All, no, I, 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 I don't feel sorry for you at all. In fact, why don't you just go back in your home and be scared of COVID a little bit more? I was talking to somebody a, a couple of weeks ago about this. The argument you get these days are, well, you're you're jealous of, you know, people that uh, have all this whatever they've got uh, from public figures and things like that. And I said, are you kidding me? I said, I am not jealous of those people one bit. I really don't care. I said, here's what upsets me about that is exactly what you just said. It's degenerative. That's what upsets me. It upsets me that these people are able to get a platform and gain a following and get paid millions of dollars for it that promote degeneracy at any other time at any other time in our history these people would have literally been out on the street starving because no one would pay them a dime to do any of this stuff they couldn't get a job as a mime on a street corner somewhere it's insane it's absolutely insane i i look at i look at these um these people on, I, I, I can even call them that. I mean, I look at these degenerates that are on these these broadcasting platforms, and they're promoting socialism. They're living in multi-million dollar homes. They're driving cars for hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they're promoting socialism. Are you kidding me? You're getting paid millions of dollars for that? And you're you're doing nothing but trashing on people that want real values in a society, that want free market, that want a family unit, that want a, a free run of uh, of what religion they want to practice. That 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 has been cast down, and all of a sudden we're elevating just this this degeneracy, this trash. That is what makes me mad. I don't care that the person has millions of dollars. I don't care. What the hell does money mean? It's not going to mean diddly squat in here in just a few weeks. Don't worry about it. So I'm not concerned about that. What I'm concerned about is the fact that our culture has been torpedoed and this has been elevated. Bruce and I were, were watching, um, I, I played it for you last week. We were watching something on network television. Network television. This is why we don't watch TV. Network television. I couldn't even make out what it was other than the fact that it mimicked some kind of a podcast. And the only reason I thought that is because everybody was sitting around a table and everybody had a microphone in front of them. I couldn't tell the gender of any of them, and I, I couldn't even begin to fathom what they were even talking about. And this has thousands, tens of thousands of viewers. Th this has this has corporate sponsorships. Are you kidding me? We got a lot of work to do. Oh my goodness, we've got a lot of work to do. Like I, I don't even, I don't even know where to start with this. If I were one of these corporations, I would be ashamed of myself. Shame on you people, every last damn one of you. You people make me sick, 
And that's not some jab saying, oh, I hate the free market. Don't give me that garbage. I want the free market. That's not free market. That's trash. All right. Uh, rant over. I, I could go on and on, but I'm not going to. We're going to jump out of here. For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We hope that you do, and we hope that you're actually getting something out of it. <laughs> not like you, what you would see on network television. Other broadcasting platforms are also available to take a line from Marty, uh, which he will be with us tomorrow, by the way. We would ask you to pass this along to uh, five friends. That's all, just five friends. Do you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Bruce, thank you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.